So welcome to today's episode of At Home with Breffney, and it's likely to be of particular interest to you if you are thinking of or actively about to change something about your house, either extend it, you might be thinking of building an extension, maybe converting an attic, or doing something, maybe reconfiguring the space you have or rethinking the space you have. Because today we are talking to Eva Byrne, who is a good friend and a great architect, and she runs the brilliantly named houseology.ie. And I love the fact that you even invented a word for your business, mm-hmm. because I also think you invented a service when you started in 2005 with your business, Houseology. And maybe you could tell us a bit about it and what you do. Yeah, well, as you said, Bethany, I'm, I'm an architect. And when my children were born, I decided to stop working, take a break. And when, I, when it came to thinking about going back to work, I really didn't want to work the regular nine to five, nine to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with builders, work mm-hmm. days very long. So I just was looking to find a way of you know, achieving work-life balance so mm-hmm. that I could be provided valuable service and still have time with my family. So when I was not working, a lot of people asked me their advice about their homes in little ways and were happy to pay me. And I thought, oh, maybe everybody would like to get their hands on an architect or maybe some people would like to get their mm-hmm. hands on an architect. So that's really the basis of my business. Mm. And I must say, having not worked, having stayed at home for those first four years of their lives has been invaluable for me in understanding how houses work, how families work. And to see our family go through those stages, they're both late teens now. So really, I'm nearly at the end of the family cycle. We're a family of young adults. Mm. So... And I can totally understand why people if people feel comfortable asking a friend who's an architect because they don't have to formally engage you. They don't have to really understand what's involved in dealing with an architect. Because I know from my point of view, any time I've considered dealing with one, I've been a bit off-put because I think, what does this mean? Do I have to engage them? Will it cost me thousands? Will I have to go with what they say? What if I don't like it? So I've been a bit not inclined. So what I think you offer is a perfect solution, which is a one hour or a two hour consultation for people who are just at the point of doing something or but just aren't quite sure what they're going to do. Would that be right? Or yeah, basically, could you describe? Yeah, basically I'm available by the hour. It's more likely to be a two hour or two and a half hour consultation. If people are planning um, an extension, I would recommend two and a half hours because there's so many issues beyond just the space planning. There's so many issues to do with construction and regulations that mm. people really need to know about. Um, so yeah, basically I'm available for people to pick my brains about whatever it is that mm. they need to do with their home. So sometimes it could be one room. Mm-hmm. one problem room and I have to say I love a problem room because mm-hmm. a problem room mm-hmm. always has a solution so you give us an example unloved. of a room that has been a problem room and a room well a typical room would be a living room to the front of the house which mm-hmm. is cold which is dark which has is arranged like a waiting room doc- mm-hmm. in a doctor's yes. surgery mm-hmm. who wants to go in there mm-hmm. who wants to be you know engaged mm-hmm. with that room so there's lots of little things you can do you know to make it that wonderful attractive little mm. nest that would be so much nicer to use so that could be one day you know another day it could be someone who thinks they need to extend but I don't start by asking people what it is they want to do I start by asking what their issues are Excellent. in terms of space light and storage so mm. there's no assumption on my part that there will be an extension mm. two times last week I saved people from an extension when I say saved I mean that it's a big outlay Mm-hmm. it's very significantly you know it's very stressful mm-hmm. um, it's very demanding on your family in terms of having to move out or make do with all the dirt and the dust mm-hmm. I believe in people spending their money wisely that's what I really like to yeah. think 
about. Right. So can you give us, say, last week in the cases of two people being saved in extension, they must have been delighted with you, were they? I think they were very taken aback, particularly mm. one couple who were planning, they knew exactly the dimension of the extension they wanted to build. But I knew if they built that extension, they were going to create that dreaded inner room, that middle room in the middle of the house. Yes. And I knew that all the things they most loved about the house, they were going to destroy. So really by very simply taking a section of the house at the side and placing the kitchen there and opening that up to the dining area, which... Oh. which in turn opened into the living area, they're going to have that wonderful kitchen dining family space that everybody wants. So they thought they were going to achieve that by building an extension, is yeah. that? they were actually going to destroy everything they loved about the house. Oh, I'm so interested to hear you say that because so often you go out to see houses and they have extended out the back and they have turned their dining room into a corridor, exactly as you say, yeah. that dreaded dark room that has no mm -hmm. natural light and acts as a corridor. Or a dumping ground. Or a dumping ground. Mm. So then it sounds like you put a kitchen in their house in a place that they had never considered putting a kitchen. They never considered doing it. And, you know, obviously they were pretty... I, I mean, I actually... I wouldn't usually... What I, what I normally do is I sit down and talk to people first mm -hmm. and find out what their issues are in terms of space, light and storage. Then we look around the house together. Mm -hmm. At that stage, I'll know how I'm going to pace my time with them. Mm -hmm. And it'll normally involve taking measurements of the area where they wish to extend. Mm -hmm. I take the measurements with their help. And then I sit down and I prepare a scaled measured drawing as it is at a scale of 1 to 50. And then together we work through the different options. So normally I wouldn't say much, you know, at the very start. I might have ideas in my head, but I wouldn't say it until I have the drawings. And I said to them, I think we could put the kitchen here. And said, no, you couldn't put the kitchen there. There's a fireplace there. There's this there. There's that there. But the fact is, I think you have to start with a clean, a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. You can't let things like radiators and existing features just put you off because mm -hmm. they can all be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And again, it comes back to how you spend your money. I would, my attitude was that spending money in taking, removing a fireplace, for example, was better money than pouring foundations and extension that was going to make your house dark. So mm -hmm. I'm very interested. I actually don't give advice on cost, mm -hmm. but I'm very interested in how people spend their money mm -hmm. and that they spend it wisely. Right. So it's not the same thing. No. Knowing exactly what something will cost is not, it's, it's valuable information, but it's as valuable to know where best to spend your money, how best to spend it. And that's something I certainly was interested in doing. Mm. So that was one example. And in another example, was it a kitchen extension again or was it a different thing? Well, again, there's this space everybody wants to create, the kitchen dining family area. It was an existing kitchen dining room yeah. where they felt a bit cramped. It was an Italian-Irish family, so clearly there was a lot of entertaining. Mm -hmm. A lot of people coming from abroad mm -hmm. and a lot of big feasts being prepared. And they, the man in particular, I'm sorry to have to say, sometimes men want a project. <laughs> he was very mm. interested in the idea extending. Mm. But when I explored... The structural work you would have to do to achieve an extension, I just thought, this is crazy. The amount of big, heavy steel that you're going to need. Obviously, well, steel is no problem, but there's a certain limit to how big a piece of steel you can use mm -hmm. when you're, you know, do working on a house. Because you're not going to have a crane. Mm -hmm. So there are actually simple limitations. Mm -hmm. and, I thought, and you know them, which I is know so them, useful. Yeah. So I knew that by removing a wall and relocating a door, I was able to fit him in a three-metre long table. A three-metre table will fit 12 people comfortably. So again, no extension. And then we just tweaked um, an existing side uh, arrangement where the garage had been. You know, it borrowed more of that for the kitchen and made room in the front smaller and then fitted in a little utility room in between the two. So they were thrilled. No extension, but a really good house. And for the stage their family were at, they were heading towards the teenage years. I knew they had a, they had a house for life. 
So his project maybe could be cook more delicious dinners and have more parties. Yeah, spend more money on the food and the wine. Very good. Um, When you said there, when you go out to talk to people, you... Uh, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, but you talk to them in terms of their space, light and storage Mm -hmm. needs. Uh, I can totally see why that would be a useful conversation to have, but I'm wondering, do people know what their space, light and storage needs are? Oh yeah. Like, we are too crowded in this room. The kids have no room to do their homework. Um, Storage bags are everywhere, shoes are everywhere, the ironing board's always out, the the dirty laundry's always everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that's that's space, light, yes, the bathroom's dark, the kitchen's dark, yeah, people know. Mm -hmm. They're very articulate Mm -hmm. in terms of being able... Sometimes I have to hold people back because they can only think in terms of what they have, Mm -hmm. whereas my interest is is in what they want. Mm. And that isn't about... I want an extension that's about, I want space where we can cook, eat and, you know, watch telly together. I want another room for the kids or where we can gather separately. I want good storage for my coats, bags and shoes. I want to have good light in my kitchen. You know, they're mm-hmm. very articulate. Yeah, but sometimes I have to pull them back from the solution. Like, no, I'm not interested in the solution. I want to know your issues. Okay. Then I'll come up with my solution and we can prepare for your solution. So it's a good way of using my time. There's mm-hmm. no point in, you know, polluting. Of course. What I might think. Of course, yes. and it, I'm sure that when by the time people have picked up the phone to phone you, they have been mulling this over for quite some time. Well, they've been mulling it over and they've probably in been driving themselves mad. No, yes. they've probably been driving themselves mad and they've been talking to friends and neighbours and family and everybody pitches their little bit in and then they're adults by the time I get to them and I say, calm down, let's just start at the very beginning, mm. work through your issues, work through solutions and normally people know exactly what they want to do at the end. It's really clear because at the end of the day, there is the optimal solution. That's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. I can't do magic, but I can show you what's the best thing you can do with your home, with your budget, for your lifestyle. So it's really simple. Oh, and it is such a useful service to give to people. Um, when you say you sit down and you do a scaled drawing, would you do that there and then? Yeah, I do everything there and then. There I do nothing then. before. Afterwards, I, you know, I, I, people might send me queries by email, but it is all done in the time. Right. I, I just got very quick at doing it. And people, I train people in to help me measure it. I have a way of measuring that makes it very quick to draw. Oh. I use scaled paper and a scale rule, so it's, it's instant. Wow. And then I use tracing paper. I mean, I'm very low-tech. I use tracing paper mm-hmm. to produce the drawings for them. I take photographs of those, so I have my record. Mm-hmm. They have the tracing paper, which hopefully they go and photocopy instead mm-hmm. of handing tracing paper to, paper to a builder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use carbon paper for my handwritten notes, so it's very low-tech, very immediate. There are no snazzy brochures. <laughs> <laughs> Except you have a very snazzy website, which is houseology.ie, which is most impressive. That is, that's just a wonderful way of working. And I can quite see that people would have an instant solution, which is what after mm. probably years or months of heartache and driving themselves mad, it must be like miraculous for them to have a solution. But then I've been doing my work for 11 years, mm-hmm. so I'm well used to picking through, I mean, picking through what most people would see as insoluble kind of, you know, mm-hmm. issues. And just saying, you can do this. I mean, drawings are amazing. That's yeah. the key. Yes. If you're taking down a wall, if you're building an extension, you can, I, I wouldn't attempt to think of it in my mind or to work it through in my mind. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. And people are actually, this might sound condescending, I don't mean it in a condescending way, most people are well able to read drawings. They may never mm-hmm. have done it in their lives, but they understand it. Mm-hmm. Just really simple line drawings. And out of interest, when you put line drawing, when you do a line drawing for them, would you sketch in where the table would go always. and that kind? Of, always, always. Right. Yeah. always. So it's not just mirrors and it's rugs, it's TVs. I can lay out a kitchen in two minutes. Goodness, 
I scope it out in 60 centimetre modules. It's, I think having that kind of wisdom, that knowledge, it is so invaluable. Rather than your friend or someone else come along and say, yeah, that could go there. For you to know that this takes up 90 centimetres, that height should be X. Yeah. And it's really a useful thing. Mm. And can I ask you, were you always interested in houses growing up? How did, how did you come to be an architect? Or what, how did you know? Did you always know you wanted to be one? I didn't know what an architect was. I remember <laughs> when I was in sixth year, the career guidance teacher handed me a leaflet about architects, architecture. I never even read it. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I was going to do engineering because when I left school, there was a big push to get women involved in engineering. Oh. But when I started engineering, I discovered I didn't have physics and applied maths. So I took a year out. I worked for a year and I did those at night. Where, where I, you know, for my leaving circle, mm. where I worked, I worked with architects and engineers and I thought architects looked like much more interesting, oh. looked like much more interesting work. But when I was small, I used to always read the Irish Times and every, on every page of tiny pictures, I'd pick out my favourite house and I was always changing my furn- the furniture around my room, always. And I used to think it was great. I had a new room at the end of it and I still do that <laughs> today. Right. Like I would physically move furniture for people if it's a problem room, you know, and show them you know, how it could be. So I'm, I'm still doing what I've always been doing. Goodness. And I totally understand what you mean about um, moving furniture because when we had our house for sale, we put couches in places I had never thought of. And mm. then I realised, oh God, this place, that there was lovely. a big old dreary um, <laughs> writing desk. This actually gets the evening yes, sun exactly. and it's a beautiful place yeah. to sit. So it is. Actually, it is. It's, it's interesting. It's the first question I ask people, what way does your house face? Where right. does the sun come from? Some people actually don't know. Which I find yeah. amazing. Yeah. But yeah. I find out for them with the Google compass if they don't know. Yeah. yeah. It is amazing. And then, funnily enough, nearly contrary to that, sometimes showing people houses as an estate agent, people come in and the first question they ask is, what way does it face? Mm. And while that's a totally reasonable question to ask, sometimes they're asking because they they think they should, not because mm. they want to do anything with the information, mm-hmm. they, but they think that's the right question to ask. Yeah. Whereas you're aiming for a bright house and a garden that gets some yeah, sun. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously mo- most of us would love to have a south or west facing house. We can't mm-hmm. all have that, mm-hmm. but a north facing house is absolutely not the end of the world. Our own house is on a north-south axis. Right. It faces north to the rear. Um, in terms of someone who's sitting at home now, uh, not sure if they're going to extend or their house isn't working for them is there anything they could do right now to get themselves a bit wiser other than pick up the phone to you which I certainly think would be a good idea but is there anything they could do now right now to to Mm -hmm. clarify their thinking or to well I do have a lot of advice on my website about all of that right um how to I think really I think to my mind, what it's about is finding your starting point mm-hmm. or your blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Because really, I mean, for example, if your kitchen isn't working for you, what you have to do is magic away the kitchen units in your mind mm-hmm. and imagine the blank space and ask yourself, where does the kitchen units go best? That's what I do in my mind. That's what I do with drawings. Mm-hmm. So really, that's your challenge mm. to step out of what's there because most people are completely entrenched in what is there. Mm. Not because... They want to, but that's just that's all they've ever known. Mm-hmm. And I often completely shock people to the core <laughs> with what I suggest. Not because it's <laughs> radical in terms of it's going to look strange. It's just they never thought of it before. Oh, I could place my kitchen units away from the window and let loads of light in and have my table at the window. Wouldn't that be lovely? They just don't think because we're actually at the mercy with new houses of 
a way of building which is just formulaic mm. and there's an expectation of things being in a certain way or certainly there has been mm-hmm. and that's what you've inherited mm. and that's what you've put up with so I, will, I always challenge that mm. well, I can, I so that's my advice that how evolutionary that might be step outside mm. what you have imagine that there is nothing there and just clarify what your issues are what mm. do I want even make a list Sometimes I, I make a list myself of the rooms people have and I compare that to the rooms that they want to have. And how mm-hmm. does the two work within the existing house? They'll mm-hmm. either fit or they won't fit. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Very well, simple you make technique. it seem very simple. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, people being at one, if you go out to a husband and wife, let's say, do you find that in general they want the same things or do you ever have to be a bit of a mediator during a discussion? They... They may not always want the same thing, but I suppose my way of working steers a very cool, clear path down the right. middle. It's not, it's not emotive. Yeah. You know, it's not about that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, but at, at the same time, I would say, I'd say most times it is women that I'm dealing with mm-hmm. because women are the people who shape the home. Right. And that's what I was going to ask you. Given that when you had your young children, you were working in the home, that probably was hugely valuable in terms of obviously how you created your own home but being of extra use to families mm. because you know what it is to of run course. a family so yeah and as I said having seen our family evolve I now know that there's only three stages to a family oh yeah there's the preschool stage when the toys are huge and they want to be with you all the time they're stuck to you like glue <laughs> that is probably the most challenging time mm-hmm. The second phase is the primary school phase, when they're a little bit more independent, still mm-hmm. lots of toys, they're happy to be with you, but they're equally happy to be in a playroom with their friends or in play with, in their rooms with their friends. It's mm-hmm. kind of an intermediate stage. The minute they hit secondary school, that is a totally different stage, and that is the stage for life, because really they're almost young adults then. Mm-hmm. They're big, and their needs are somewhere to gather with their friends. I think that's really important, mm-hmm. you know, particularly as they hit the age of when they might start to have a drink when they're 18. Um, that there is somewhere that they can gather safely together um, as opposed to the park or, you know, God knows where um, and also somewhere to study and my attitude is you need to provide somewhere to them to study somewhere to store their books a little pin board maybe there's no guarantee they will study but you've done your duty as a parent mm. you've made that space available whether mm. it's in their bedroom or elsewhere mm. and once, they, once you've hit that stage it's, it's, you know, you've met their needs for their young adult lives that they'll be with you so very simple, just three stages. And I think that sometimes I meet people who are pregnant mm-hmm. or where the couple are expecting mm-hmm. and I point this out to them and their scales fall from their eyes and they understand. <laughs> or I meet yes. people who are overwhelmed with huge plastic kitchens and plastic guards and they say, no, this isn't forever. By the time they're mm-hmm. teenagers, it'll, their, their devices will be handheld and there'll be no more toy storage needed. Well, how useful for people to know that and how relieving to know that the phases end. But even when it comes to, you say when you meet people who are expecting a baby maybe and, or, or maybe they have a toddler and they're overwhelmed, but even showing people houses and they are maybe having a baby in arms and I'm looking at a main road and I'm thinking, you don't want to be buying this house because it's on a main road and you want to be living in a cul-de-sac because sometimes you don't even think that far that this right now it's just a baby. This baby's never going to walk or scoot down the road yeah, exactly, and yeah. play with friends, but you realise actually, oh, maybe you should actually be looking around the corner yeah, yeah. at a quieter spot. Yeah, and you can lose your house to think ahead to, you know, what your needs will be. Because if I meet somebody, a couple who are expecting, I will expect them to do work in such a way that it will see them right through. 
You know, I will mm-hmm. plan a room for them to suit the teenage stage, even though their baby's in a cot. Mm-hmm. You know, I will know what it is they What's need coming to do, down. Where the wardrobe should go so that room is future-proofed. Goodness. Mm. How useful. And typically, Eva, do you go to see people during the day or after work? Or what t- prefer, t- tends to be? I prefer to see houses in daylight. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. because really you're not getting the full context of mm-hmm. seeing it in the dark. And certainly you wouldn't be choosing colours in the dark. No. Um, so generally weekday mornings, early afternoons. Occasionally I do work Saturdays to facilitate people. But mm-hmm. sometimes people you know, might take... They might start late in the day and I'll meet them at 8 o'clock or half mm-hmm. 7, whatever. Yeah. In the summer, sometimes I do meet in the evenings, but absolutely not in the winter because it just... There's no point. I, I wouldn't feel I can see the house properly. Right. Yeah. So you would, you would probably not talk to them too much on the phone then if they phone you up. You'd probably go with an open mind. Or, or would you take a diagnosis or their, their problems a little bit on the phone? I would only to the extent to be able to establish if I can help them or not. If I feel I'm not the right person, I'll make that clear and try to help them. Just try to steer them to somebody that can help them. Okay. And who yeah. mightn't you be able to help? Um... Sometimes if people are dealing with very technical issues, like one couple really recently wanted me to design a new staircase, and I pointed out, look, you know, there's just quite a lot of building regulations to be complied with. Right. I don't have the equipment or technique within my time to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So they got someone else to do it, and then they got me in to talk about the house anyway, which is kind of nice. Yes. Sometimes people are interested in the idea of renting out a part of the house, um, and I am very wary of getting involved in anything which just has implications for planning regulations mm-hmm. or legal issues yeah. that... Okay. Go beyond the scope of what I... I only deal with what I'm happy to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to give advice on in the day. Okay, so they phone you up, you make an appointment. How long would it take typically to get an appointment with you? Normally, uh, if at very busy times, it could be a couple of weeks, but normally within a, within a week. Okay. Yeah. And so they would need, if they're thinking of an extension, and we all know an extension may not materialise, but yeah. if they were thinking of something like that, you'd be allowing maybe two and a half hours. Yeah. For two hours, I charge 300 euros plus that, which mm-hmm. is 369. And for two and a half hours, I charge 360 plus that, mm-hmm. which is 442 euros, 80 cent. Well, that's something like that. Meticulous. <laughs> <laughs> You're not an accountant as well. So you'd go out, you'd talk to them. You'd oh, really, you'd I, oh, the reason I always sit down and talk first yes. is that if someone was to take me around the house going through their issues, I wouldn't have a clear idea in my head of how I was going to pace myself. So if mm-hmm. we sit down together first and talk, it means I can write it all down and my mind is mapping out mm-hmm. you know, possibilities and timings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when we look around, I'll know apologies mm-hmm. we're dealing with so it's just a way of pausing and just gathering our thoughts before we look mm-hmm. very good so then you go you have a look around the house and you sit down then do you take a moment on your own to to just work away and oh do it your depends time? sometimes i mean it might be sometimes of a lovely uh, type of client who it would be their first home mm-hmm. and they want me to go through it room by room with them and pick floor finishes and place furniture and lighting yeah, the whole mm-hmm. the whole house really. So mm-hmm. we'd go through room by room, and I make notes as we go. I don't think it's not me um, projecting my, well, it's me offering ideas. So yes. I think of it as a collaboration. Yeah, it's yeah. And the only time I would spend time on my own is if I'm doing a scaled drawing. There's no point in someone looking mm. at me when I'm doing yeah, that. Sure, I'll be much quicker just doing it sitting sure. on my own, having a little think about possibilities, and then working them through with people. Mm. One thing I noticed on your website, and um, one of the services you offer is 
and you reminded me of it there by your first time buyers if someone had spotted a house that they might be interested in buying mm. you would offer a service where you'd yeah. go and look at the house when you do and obviously as an estate agent I'm interested because mm. there's often an expert who, mm. or a good a friend who knows about things yeah. who comes to look at the person what would you be looking for in a house if well I, I carry it out exactly the same way normally I, I would allow an hour for that because clearly mm-hmm. they don't want to make a huge commitment in terms of money or time sure um, so we would normally, I'd normally sit and sit and talk to them first again, or okay. stand and talk to them if there's yeah. no furniture. Mm-hmm. Find out what their issues are. It's the same. Look around it with them, but because I've got so many dimensions at my fingertips, I can very quickly tell them how they can place a new kitchen in a particular room, whether the dimension is wide enough, mm-hmm. how they can um, plan to extend in the future, how their needs of their family can be met now or into the future. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same. It's more or less like a condensed version. Okay, so you're specifically looking at how the house would work for them. You're not looking at the... It's not a survey. You're not looking at the oh, roof no. and you're not looking no. at whether this is a nice neighbourhood or not. You're simply looking at how it's, this house yeah. would function for you and to your make needs sure it would because if you're, if you're committing to an auction for example mm-hmm. you don't just need to know that the roof is okay you also need to know that it can meet your needs you know now and into the future mm-hmm. and what you would need to do to make that happen mm-hmm. um, I wonder how I, I know you say that people do know what their pro- and I do understand that they know what their problems are if you've if you've lived in a house for a while you know that that dark room is driving you mad or whatever but I think it, I'm often a bit struck, and I wonder, is, are you ever, by how people don't necessarily live, use their houses to the fullest at all. You know, there are dump rooms and attic conversions that have sacrificed a third bedroom mm. and ended up being a space nobody uses. Do you find that a lot of, do you find you go out to houses that people aren't living beautifully in or... Or yeah. there's a lot of wasted space. Obviously there is, because you often find yeah. a new house for them without doing an extension. But it does strike me how we don't live so beautifully in our houses, or yeah, joyfully. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose that really how we live has changed enormously in the last 15 years. Mm. There's this new concept of a room where you can cook and eat and you know maybe have a sofa or have enough room to watch telly or whatever. Mm. Um, so I think that the sort of house you're talking about is a historic house at this stage. It mm. doesn't reflect the way we live. Mm. And I think that, yeah, there are ways of dragging those houses into the 21st century. Mm. I mean, I remember once in the early stages being um, asked by a couple to, to help them consider an extension, whereas they had a dining room that was never used. Now, why mm. would you extend if you have yeah. a room that's never used? Yeah, it doesn't at least make sense. start there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say for everything there is hope. Yes, know? good. And people, people have me because they do want to make changes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they've come to a point of, of their in decision making mode. Yeah, yeah. So I would say our way of living. I think it's changed radically in the last few years. I mean, even the idea. I mentioned earlier the idea of a teenage room. Now, in an ideal home, you might have a kitchen, dining, family room, and a living room, and then a playroom, which becomes a teenage room. We don't all have that that mm-hmm. facility. So I say to people, well, look, if you've created a kitchen, dining, family room, which is big enough for you to be able to watch telly in. Would you let your your teenage you know friends gather, or sorry, your children's mm-hmm. teenage friends gather in the living room? Why not? Mm-hmm. And those people are coming around to that. I mean, I think Dermot mm-hmm. Bannon is the one who said the, the good room is gone, and it, it, it's yes. dead. Yeah. It really is. And why would you do that? Most people can see the point in doing that. So it's not set up as this precious room with the Waterford crystal and mm-hmm. the, the good wool rug. Maybe you just approach it in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. It's available, you know, to be used. Mm-hmm. I kind of think as a family as having a need of a different number of social spaces that's how I think of it it's like a head count yes. many many social spaces can we right. create because the more you can create the merrier the happier yeah. 
Very, oh, that's inspiring now. I'm feeling inspired. So um, to finish then, we, you, you'll have gone in, you'll have sat and had a chat with them about what their problems are and you'll probably have heard what their plans are. They may or may not come mm-hmm. to fruition. You'll have looked around the house, you'll have done a drawing and then you will leave them with perhaps uh, a recommendation of a builder. Would you recommend anyone or would they normally just go and do, take it from there? I would talk to them about how to get their hands on a builder. I mean, clearly I see a lot of people so I don't have a builder for everybody. Sure. There's another route. I would say to people sketches that I would do. If I'm doing sketches, like sometimes I'm not doing sketches. Sure. I could be shifting furniture to yeah. make a room better or thinking about a whole house. But if there are sketches done, I say to people, there's enough information to get a ballpark from a builder or else I have a country's fair who will offer very reasonably to price those drawings. I think that's a really good thing to do because then you can think of my service and hers as dovetailing to create a kind of a feasibility study. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, I mean, notwithstanding what I said about extending, not extending, I always say to people that if it is that you need to extend or if it is that you need to embark on a certain outlay to create the house that you want, that if you do manage to create a house that meets your needs, it's just really worth it. When you see it, we've done it in our house. We mm. extended, we've done this mm. in bits and pieces. And I know it's just great to be able to see your family and then everybody's needs being met. Mm. Yes, that, well said. Mm. Thank you very much, Eva, for taking the time to Thank talk to welcome. us. Thank you, you're welcome. Lovely to talk to you.